0: Welcome again. We're going to come to God's Word, the Bible now. Uh, This is our habit at Beck Church. We believe it speaks to us. It calls itself the living word. We believe it to be that. And I just pray that God will speak to you through his word today. Um, I was having what we call a devotion, a time with God, prayer and reading the Bible uh, this week. And um, I read Ezekiel 47. It's at the end of a series of chapters from about Ezekiel 40 to 47, where it describes a temple being built. Ezekiel is having like a prophetic vision that God gives him. And as a crescendo of these chapters, almost, we come to Ezekiel 47, where it talks about what's been called the river of God. And I'm going to read from Ezekiel 47 now. So we're going to look at this passage together. It says. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north side. And led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. And he measured off another thousand. But now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? And then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the water flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything "'will live. "'Fishermen will stand along the shore, "'from En Gedi to En Eglaim. "'There will be places for spreading nets. "'The fish will be of many kinds, "'like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. "'But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. "'They will be left for salt. "'Fruit trees of all kinds will grow "'on both banks of the rivers. "'Their leaves will not wither, "'nor will their fruit fail.' Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Well, may God bless his word to us today. And so what the vast majority of writers believe is symbolic it was certainly not a temple built in Israel Uh, it may be one built in eternity but what we have there then is this temple and flowing from this temple a river and it's a wonderful picture a crystal clear river flowing you can imagine teeming with life Refreshing everything it touches. You can just hear the babbling waters. And this river brings life. Well, like I say, I read this passage as part of my devotions. And as I was reading it, I just instinctively kind of felt within me that I need this river. And I want to say today make the biblical case. We all need this river. At the start of this message, I would just say this Uh, before I came to rugby. And this is particularly for our own people. Before I came to rugby, uh, somebody gave me a prophetic word, a word they believe was from God. And it was of a cuckoo clock. And they said. Paul, you're going to be a bit like a cuckoo clock. You're just going to keep chiming and, to be frank, be a little bit annoying with a particular message. Folks, I believe the message I have today is that sometimes annoying, challenging, hopefully, cuckoo message. Hopefully it's not the speaker that's gone cuckoo. Hopefully that word is true. But I want to say this. I'm going to preach and keep preaching this message to we embrace it wholly. This is good for us. And I do also want to say this, that today our response to this message is the most significant, and we're going to make space for that. So let's have a look at this river that I'm claiming I need, and friend, you need. What is it? Well, Again, it describes a river coming from a temple and the temple, of course, is the place of the presence of God. So from the presence of God, this river flows. We are told this river will exist in in the eternal kingdom, in eternity. Again, in Revelation, the book of Revelation At the end there, it talks about this river again as something of a crescendo of the book of Revelation. This is what it says in Revelation 22. John sees a vision. Says, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal. Flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city. So again, we've got similarities between Ezekiel's river and the river in Revelation. We have this river of life, living water, have these trees on the banks where it says the leaves of these trees are for healing. So what's this river? Well, Jesus most helpfully explains this for us in John seven. He speaks and interprets Ezekiel 47, I believe. And the context there is it's the Feast of Tabernacles. It's a harvest festival, if you like. And as thanks for the rains that have brought in the harvest, often um, the priest would pour water on the steps of the temple, uh, giving thanks for the waters that have been poured out by God. And Jesus at that point stands up. And it recounts his words in John 7. It says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. He was wanting people to hear this. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So Jesus refers here to the Old Testament. He says, as scripture says, rivers of living water will flow. Well, where does it say in the Old Testament that rivers of living water will flow from within those who believe in the Messiah. Well, again, most commentators believe that Jesus is interpreting here Ezekiel 47, the passage we read. This river will overflow from believers. In the New Testament, the temple is the church. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit individually And corporately and from us, then the Holy Spirit flows. John tells us that by this, Jesus meant the spirit. And so the river is the Holy Spirit flowing into and out of believers. The river is the Holy Spirit or is to be the Holy Spirit flowing from you. Do you know the New Testament places great importance on the giving of the Holy Spirit and great importance on our access to the Spirit through Jesus. By the way, the Spirit is a he. He's personal. He is the third person, we'd say, of the Trinity, The spirit is God by some miracle. The spirit is given. God is given, gives of himself to live in us. That is astounding, isn't it? He's not an it. He's not an impersonal force. He is a he. And for example, in Acts two, the importance of the spirit. The birth of the church is marked by the receiving of the spirit. This wasn't a side event. The book of Acts makes a lot of it. The giving of the spirit. It's this that fulfills Joel 2. Peter stands up and says, this is what Joel was talking about. When the spirit is poured out at Pentecost, this is what Joel was talking about. And the giving of the spirit fulfills many Old Testament prophecies. Jesus Peter says, has ascended and he pours out the Holy Spirit. It's that that Jesus gives when he ascends. And in verse 37 and 38 of Acts 2, Peter tells us how we can receive the Spirit. He says this. Peter preaches a message about Christ, how he died for us. And uh, rose again, God raised him from the dead. And then it says this, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you notice that? Faith in Christ, turning our backs on our old life, turning to him. That's the process of repentance. It's not primarily here described as giving is certainly not an easy life. It's not even resulting in us fulfilling our destiny and purpose and calling, much though we can get hung up on that. The reason Christ died According to Acts 2, our repentance and faith in his death and resurrection results in us receiving the spirit. Again, I want to say to you, this is important. Christ died that you might have the spirit. It should matter to us then shouldn't it if we're to honor Christ's death as I'm sure if you're a believer you want to then having more of the spirit having the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life should matter to you this was the reason Christ died so do we have him in fullness I'm not saying are we perfect do we have him perfectly but are we pursuing God for more of his spirit on a daily basis. Do you know, sometimes we can dismiss the Holy Spirit and the things of the spirit. Maybe you've seen silliness in churches where it's all just been a bit wacky and flaky, and yet they would claim to be embracing the spirit. Maybe you've seen things that have made you a bit wary. Maybe you're a bit fearful. Can I say to you, don't let that put you off peter says christ died so that you can have the spirit if you love jesus you should want more of the spirit so why do we need the holy spirit then according to these passages we've read well a few things firstly because of what verse 9 of ezekiel 47 says where the river flows everything Will live. I want life. Don't you? Don't you want to be fully alive? You know, we've come into lockdown again, haven't we? And uh, there's an image coming up now. I think one or two of us on our Zoom calls might have either sat like that or felt like sitting like that. But besides some of these amusing things that have happened, There's a bit of monotony as well. I know this is how I've responded to it. It just seems to me our energy levels have depleted going into this second lockdown. Weariness has crept in. You just detect it. There's not quite the spring. There's not quite the community spirit. Literally, it's not spring. Maybe you need some life. I know I do. And it's life, not just To survive, we're not called just to get through life. We're called to overcome. We're to be overcomers, victorious. There's a victorious Christian life to be had. One writer, translating Eugene Peterson, translating Ezekiel 47, says, Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Hand on heart, do you feel like you're flourishing? There's some answers for this. Are we thriving then or just surviving? Now, I'm not talking here. Are we walking around with a silly grin on our face? And I understand for many of us, this season is tough and maybe we're really struggling with mental health issues. But you can have fundamental deep down peace and well-being and wholeness as we'll see. And the solution to that, maybe you need more of the spirit. Maybe you need a fresh touch from God, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Certainly I've been challenged not to kind of drag myself around moping a bit, but I should be walking in joy. James said, consider it joy, When you go through trials. So that's a challenge for us. But where the river flows, everything will live. Secondly, when the river flows, nature and circumstances are reversed. In verse eight, it talks about the river flowing into the Dead Sea. And it says the salty water becomes fresh. Uh, I've been lucky enough to go to Israel and swum in the Dead Sea. And it is so salty. You get any of it on your face, certainly in your eyes, and you're stinging. You float. You can't sink in it. It's so salty. I believe it's the the deepest, lowest place on uh, the Earth's surface, not under sea level. But there's no life there where the river changes that. There are swarms of creatures. So let me ask you. What situation are you facing that needs reversing? Where do you need renewing? There's swarms of creatures. Where do you need plenty instead of scarcity? Maybe this morning you need to open up to the Holy Spirit coming afresh into your life. It reverses nature and circumstances. Thirdly, when the river flows, we will be constant and productive Verse 12, it talks about the trees on the banks of the river whose leaves they do not wither. Its fruit does not fail. Why is that? Well, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them, it says. Do you know I wither? I don't know about you, but I can be a bit fickle, a bit up and down. If you're like one time I'm full of life, I'm an extrovert. So partly that's temperamental, but I can be full of life and then just struggling But I'm sure most of us can relate to that. Well, when the Holy Spirit is truly flowing, he'll sustain us day in, day out. And we'll just be that much more constant. He keeps us moving forward daily. He produces the fruit of the Spirit. And as far as I know, most fruit grows gradually, daily. And so it is with the work of the spirit in our lives. The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Do you want more of them? Well, let the spirit flow and grow them in your life. And fourthly, why do we need the spirit? Because there will be healing. Healing. Again, verse 12, the leaves of the trees are for healing. The word is literally medicine. And earlier in the passage where it talked about the river flowing and the waters becoming fresh, the word there is healed. Literally, the waters are healed. Rapha, as in Jehovah Rapha, God, our healer. You know, biblically, the concept of healing is is one of wholeness And we need physical wholeness, but we also need mental and emotional wholeness. The river brings this healing and wholeness. I love Revelation 22, where it adds that the river, the leaves, sorry, are for the healing of the nations or the people. You see, the spirit, when the spirit comes into our life, he'll send us out to the world. He'll overflow from us and he'll touch situations around us and bring them to life. God's heart is for the nations, the peoples, the ethne from which we get ethnicity, the ethne of the world. So really, it just remains for me to ask, how do we receive more of the spirit then? How do we swim in this river that's flowing? Well, firstly... We just have to come. Revelation 22, it's the last command of scripture. And it says this in verse 17, says the spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come, let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. So firstly, you just need to come as you are. Receiving of the spirit isn't based on merit. It's not based on our ability. It's not strictly based on our righteousness or how sinless we are. Now, it's good to repent of our sins and and be cleansed again by the blood of Jesus. Have our sins washed away. You know, the blood of Jesus can do that for you but fundamentally God doesn't give his spirit just because we've reached a certain moral standard we're just to come and in those verses there it says come thirsty whoever is thirsty let them drink is this making you thirsty this morning for more of the spirit I hope so I hope that's the impact so firstly, we need to come. Secondly, we just have to ask. One of the most helpful verses, I think, is Luke eleven thirteen. It says, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, the Holy Spirit isn't just for Pentecostals. These are a branch of the church that have emphasised the things of the spirit. God has done a work. Pentecostal church is the fastest growing stream of, of Christendom. But the Holy Spirit isn't just for Pentecostals. He's not just for what we call charismatics, chandelier swinging Christians, happy, clappy Christians. Although I think we do need to follow the emphasis of our Pentecostal Uh, Charismatic brothers and sisters, their emphasis on the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is for any who are thirsty, who are weary, who feel a bit dead in places, a bit barren and are in need of renewing life. So let's position ourselves now to receive. Receive. To receive the flow of this river of life into our soul. Into the desert places. It may help us to spend some time just confessing our sin. Allowing the spirit to bring things to mind. We're going to respond in worship in a minute. And perhaps you want to just spend some time just getting right with God again. Saying sorry for wrong things you've done. But then all you need to do is come thirsty. Tell God you're thirsty. You want to drink deep of the Holy Spirit again. Do you know, I think there are people watching this. You've encountered God's spirit in the past. I know I have, but it feels like it's long gone. I want to encourage you, drink deep again. Just come and ask. And then... Just wait. We're going to start by singing a song. Uh, Martin Smith, Delirious. Waiting here for you. It's been going around in my head all week. I'm just waiting here for you, Lord. I want more of you. So we're going to make space to receive now. Adrian's going to lead us in worship. And we're just going to wait. And then I want to come back and pray for us. So let's respond now in worship, shall we?